take a deep breath Take the higher road That's what they always say As if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself Cause life ain't just a dream You make your own So kick and scream The people will like With a never ending force You never had the chance So what you waiting for The day has come my friend Cause this is war words that can properly articulate my excitement for today's show. Uh, Something that I have found really comforting over the past few years of this kind of wildness of our world and our existence is the community that I have personally found online. Um, For me, it's mainly been Instagram. That's really the only social media platform that I participate in. Um, But there are so many incredible humans out there who are, you know, walking in truth, they are standing up for doing the right thing, they are being loud, they are being vocal, they are making a difference, they are setting an example for people around them, they are raising their children differently and better. And it is so incredibly refreshing to be able to connect with people from all walks of life, who are in a lot of ways having a shared experience through the last three years. And today, my guest is somebody that I have been admiring from afar, watching him on social media, um, really taking in the words and the messaging that he is sharing. He's so beautifully articulate in the way that he presents his thoughts and his ideas. And it's just really, really exciting to to have somebody on the show that obviously kind of shares in some of my perspectives, but is also going to offer a different perspective. So I'm super excited to welcome Joel Rafiti onto the show. Um, Joel is a truth seeker. He's a father, a husband, a hip hop artist, a podcaster, um, and he's a coach to truth seekers around the world internationally. Um, He's really dedicated to empowering those that are seeking the truth and to provide them with the tools and the resources and the inspiration to be uh, their best and their most authentic version of themselves according to their highest values. Um, He really believes the most important work is in uplifting the individual to reawaken the inner hero within them and remind them of what is possible when one chooses integrity over ignorance. And I love all of that so much. And I am so honored to welcome Joel to the show. So Joel, thank you so much for joining me here today. Beth, it's my absolute pleasure. And the the honor is mine as well to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So um, Joel spent the pandemic, um, and I think prior to that in Australia, So I am very much excited to talk to him about that perspective. Um, But before we dive in there and kind of what things have been like um, in Australia over the last few years, tell me just kind of a little bit about your background, your your growing up, what, you know, I guess your eyes as a child kind of going through life and then 
maybe what was a catalyst in in some of your perspectives changing? Was it pre COVID? Was it COVID? Just kind of give me the give me the rundown on on who you are and what your what your story is. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a vast question. We can go pretty deep mm-hmm. with that one. But I'll try to keep it as brief as possible. Um, uh, I was born to my, my dad was born in Jerusalem, Palestine. My mom's Lebanese. I somehow grew up as a Jehovah's witness in all of that in Australia. So very, very weird melting pot of an upbringing. Always felt a strong sense of inner rebellion within me. Like even all through high school, I was kind of, I felt like the antagonist. I felt like the one that was always putting a spanner in the works and going against the grain and something just always felt off. I never really understood the the necessity of following rules and following ideas which didn't light me up which didn't excite me and simply which I wasn't really inclined to follow and there was always that dissonance between me and authority on that level in my entire life I've just felt an extreme yearning to be free to do what I want to say what I want to report to nobody um and I didn't for a long time, I didn't see that path. I didn't see how that was possible. Um, you know, I grew up very family oriented, having to do you know one family, one consciousness, do as the family says, you're going to work in the family business. Um, and that was kind of my programming earlier on um, for a lot of it, some of it, which I'm grateful for, but obviously some of it, um, which in, in a sense was the catalyst for, for my transformation as well. My first real shift of consciousness um, took place in 2015. Um, I read a book back then called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. I'm sure many, many listeners are familiar with that book. Um, it's in hindsight, it's not a book that I'd recommend now for a number of reasons, but back then it definitely um, awoken a different perspective within me. You know, the power of stillness, the power of being here now, um, uh, the power of awakening a consciousness that's separate to just the story that we're identified with. And as a result of that in 2015, the first thing in terms of the matrix, which I began to question really was vaccines back then, Um, fluoride, pesticides, the schooling system, like all these things made me question, how can the government possibly care about us when, you know, these are in our water supply we're forcefully being injected with these poisons and toxins and no one's blinking an eye, no one's talking about it. And back then, I don't know if, if you remember or not, but that was the most taboo subject anyone could possibly talk about was vaccines. You couldn't even say V without you know, being completely shut down, being put in the most crazy tinfoil conspiracy theorist baskets imaginable. Um, so it was a struggle for a long period of time, you know, back then being awake to these various agendas. Um, and then 2020 came and suddenly we didn't look or feel so crazy anymore, you know. Um, and that's one of the, I think the most profound things of the post-COVID era is simply on the positive side, how much more open people are on hearing, you know, the vaccine agenda, which has been going on for a long time. So yeah, 2020 came around and, you know, that was a time of transition to me. That's, you know, there was a huge fork in the road and a splitting of humanity took place for real. People had to pick a side of the fence, you know, Um, we were all given a choice then and there to walk in authenticity and, you know, experience some pain as a result, because, you know, the shedding of toxicity 
always is pain, is always has a painful process. Or others could just close their eyes and sink even deeper into paths of inauthenticity and become, you know, internally even deeper enemies to themselves because they've bought a lie, which creates a contradiction within them, which ultimately is going to fester. You know, we have to have ways of um, keeping our reason clear. And if we betray our reason on any level, then we begin to betray ourselves. When you start lying to yourself, well, then the trajectory of your life is going to take a number of very dark turns, which ultimately you're going, ha- going to have to deal with at some point. It's just up to you when you rip that Band-Aid, you know, it's going to, and the, the more you leave it, the more painful it's going to become. So 2020 rolled around and, you know, that, that was my calling. I stuck my flag in the ground deeper than I, you know, deeper than I ever could have possibly imagined in the past. I stuck by my values. I didn't care, you know, who I burned in the process. I was going to be open and real about what I saw, about what was going on. Um, because if I didn't, then, you know, I'd ultimately I'd, I'd hate myself for it. And so I became very vocal online around 2020. You know, I, I, t- I took a strong stance. Um, I became one of the most prominent voices in, in Australia. I spoke at many of the freedom rallies. I performed at them as well to hundreds of thousands of people. And uh, in hindsight, truly, I think it was the greatest thing that could have happened to any sincere seeker of truth because it's really forced us to make choices, which I didn't think we had to make before then. And it's, yeah, it's been great. And I don't know if that suits your question, but that's my answer. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I, I love that. Thank you for, for taking it all the way back. Um, it's funny that you mentioned vaccines um, in, in particular. Obviously, I have a an almost 13-year-old son, so born in, in 2010, completely yeah. unvaccinated. Yeah. So I kind of same. I've I, I've been on that train for a long time. And um, you know, in fact, I was actually just talking to a to a friend of mine the other day about the most recent relationship that I was in. Um Thanks be to God that's over, Um, you know, another blessing of COVID, I think the toxicity, right? Um, But I remember when, when, when he and I decided to, that we, that we were going to live together, I, I looked at him and I said, Hey, listen, if compulsory vaccination ever comes to this country, you're going to have to know that I will kidnap my child and I will go like, I will flee. And this is now like, you know, seven years ago, like, what was it, you know, sometimes you like, look back, and you're like, what was that, that made you have that thought that actually made you start putting a potential plan in place for something that you were so adamant about, that maybe hadn't shown its true colors yet. So I think for for folks like us that have had this idea kind of rolling around, and then 2020 hit, and we knew exactly where this was going. And you still kind of tried to like plant those seeds with people that maybe weren't quite there yet, but you're like, well, it, it, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. So yeah, definitely the hot, um, the hot topic, I think still, although you're right in, in saying that people are, I think, coming around and kind of changing their perspective and hearing, mm. hearing people a little bit differently. Um, and especially in the medical community coming from where I came from as a nurse, you know, it's, there's, there's, a, there's definitely a shift happening, which is great. Yeah. So in those kind of early days of 2020 in Australia, yeah. um, you know, here in the States, we're seeing a lot of things. At, and I don't know how much time you've spent here in the States, but um, if any at all, but we tend to be, I think, very myopic in our viewpoint. Um, we tend to think that we are very isolated in what 
can come here and what can affect us and our rights and our freedoms and things that are happening elsewhere that, oh, that'll never, that'll never, you know, cross the pond, it'll never get here. So I remember seeing things, you know, primarily online or, um, you know, on Instagram that were happening that obviously for me were like, ooh, we're one step, we're getting really close. Um, You know, obviously people, police going to doors, if there was a Facebook post or um, even the the quarantine, I think we saw camps at one point, Um, you know, just kind of describe what that maybe felt like, or if you had any personal experiences with that, are those legitimate accounts that came across and were being portrayed accurately to all of us over here? Yeah, I think all that is pretty accurate. Um, You know, one thing which I'm never going to forget is the feeling of intensity during that period of time in Australia. You know, people genuinely thought like we'd never travel again at one point in time. Like that was the consensus among people that shared my point of view. Um, uh, You know, we had some of the harshest lockdowns worldwide for like six, seven, eight months at a time. I was in Sydney. Melbourne copped it a bit harsher than us, which is part of Victoria, another state, but we still copped it quite hard. Um, Yeah, I I had police visitations. I received four public health order fines myself. Actually, three. One was for my wife, you know, one for going to a protest, one for um, not wearing a mask in a shopping centre, one for um, having a picnic with my young family during a curfew, but you're only meant to be outside if you're exercising. Like that was to the degree that freedom was compromised. You could only be outside for like one or two, one or two hours when you were told and you had to be exercising if you were outside. We had police visitations on multiple occasions. I was harassed personally. Um, it, was, it, it, it was super intense. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, and every, everyone was towing the line. Everyone was compliant. And, you know, the police were just waving the baton of whatever orders came down from the government. And it literally felt as though I was an enemy of the state uh, for that period. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any over exaggeration in 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 what that in what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what about your immediate circle? I obviously would assume that your, you know, f- your your family, your wife, and your children. You know, you you're yeah. the protector and the guider of of that immediate, um, you know, family. But what about extended family? Um, you know, relatives or maybe a, a circle of friends. Same page, different page. What did those relationships look like during that time? Yeah. Well, I think um, when you're as vocal or as outspoken as I guess I am and I was during that period of time, everyone kind of knows where you stand on on everything. Everyone knows what your values are. So I think by simply the nature of the way that you're communicating, um, you know, you tend to sever those inauthentic relationships and you tend to push people away who are kind of fear your point of view and fear who you are as a human being and um you know those who share your values and those who who are in alignment with you i guess come closer and you develop more authentic relationships as a result um there's not many there's not many super close friends and family um that share my point of view but the ones that do there's incredibly strong bonds there and and I'm, i'm grateful for that for sure my circle has definitely gotten smaller since 2020 um there's no doubt about that but those relationships are some of the most profound relationships I've ever had in my life. Because when you click with someone on a deep value level, it's beyond blood. It's beyond anything else. You know, now you're truly seeing each other as human beings um, and resonating on a much deeper level. 
And this is like why I think the most important work any of us to do is to have the courage to speak our truth. You know, animals in the wild, they call out for two reasons. One is to fend off predators. Two is to find their tribe. And I think if anyone's struggling with finding community and fostering healthy, authentic relationships of shared values, then the first step is to let them know where you are, speak out loud, be, be vocal, and the others will find you for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a shared sentiment uh, amongst a lot of people yeah. uh, in our position. If you, if you, you know, drew the line in the sand very early on, you kind of knew what you were up against as far as those relationships and those friendships and circles definitely got a lot smaller. Um, yeah. Kind of going back to some of those fines and citations and things, yep. what came of that? What were, what were the, the real ramifications, if any, from those? Yeah, sure. So each fine was $1,000 each. So we racked up $4,000 in fines as a family. Um, You know, that was definitely a rite of passage for me as well, because um, on one hand, like, was I ever going to pay it and just go away? No, I'd feel terrible about myself. I was just pay this fine. And then it's like, okay, do I pay a lawyer to fight this for me? No, because the bullshit fine in the first place, why should I be out of pocket at all? Um, you know, how, how, why, why, why should I, you know, submit to my freedom being compromised to, to any degree? So it forced me to self-represent myself and to, you know, learn the law a little bit and to have the discussions I needed to have and to, you know, go through that, the, the, the jungle and the forest and the rite of passage of actually having to be in front of a magistrate and, you know, speak your truth and present your case. And so, yeah, I self-represented myself three times individually in court. And, you know, the, the magistrate saw my side every single time or the police dropped the fine. Um, so I think it's simply just as a matter of standing up, you know, they'd realize that the, the basis of these fines, which they're trying to hand out, doesn't really exist in the first place. Um, they just don't expect people to really have the courage, I guess, to, to, to go ahead with it, you know. Um, but to me, there was really no, no other way. And that period of defending myself and fighting those fines, yeah, definitely changed me as an individual. Um, And I feel much more empowered as a result, you know, because you realize that not the entire system isn't corrupt because the mindset, particularly of many truth seekers and freedom fighters is everyone's taken, everyone, everyone's corrupt, everything's a conspiracy. But no, the truth of the matter is I sat myself in front of many reasonable magistrates who were very open-minded, who definitely wanted to minimize trauma, who definitely were willing to see both sides of the both sides of the coin. And they saw my way each time. Um, so I'm grateful for that process for sure. Mm, that's a really great perspective to, mm. to point out is that there, you know, I think, yeah, you're right. We we tend to lump in the one bad apple kind of yeah. spoils the whole bunch. And, and that is not necessarily true. Although, mm. and, and thank you for sharing that example, because I think they're we don't see them as much as we would want to, right? Um, so it's it is always kind of refreshing to hear that that still is in existence. Yeah. And as far as maybe what you and and if your wife was working outside of the home, what did that look like? Um, you know, employment wise, was your was your job shut down? Um, you know, was that going to be the vaccine mandate kind of looming over you for income? Um, you know, or risk of losing your income? Yeah. So like, like I mentioned earlier, like I always grew up in and around family businesses. My family businesses um, were generally in the construction industry. And up until 2020, I was working um, with, with my family business um, in the construction sector. 
Um, and, you know, simply as a result of what was taking place, a lot of tension was building. And, you know, again, people had to make a choice based on values. And I'll, ultimately, I'll, I walked away from, from my family company, um, not directly as a result of, um, I think, the COVID tyranny and the vaccine agenda and stuff like that. But I think simply the tension builds from a lack of values in the same place. And, you know, something has to give. So, you know, it was pretty much at that point in time where I developed a policy of zero tolerance for the lie. I will never compromise my authenticity for anyone, not for money, not for, not for a relationship, not for any reason whatsoever, because I realized that the only way that I'm going to get what I want in life is if I have congruence between who I am, what I do, what I say. And I think that's the most powerful cornerstone anyone can cultivate, because once you're on that bedrock, nothing can shake you. Because there's nothing you there's nothing you can fear to lose, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I decided to take an entrepreneurial journey. I'm you know, I think at that point in time I applied for like 46, 47 different jobs. Um, all of them rejected me. Most of them I was overqualified for, in my opinion. So it's kind of like the universe was just tapping me on my back and saying, you know, do your own thing. So, you know, we all have intuition. Um, and I think when we tell the truth to ourselves, then that, in, that voice of intuition and of reason becomes louder. So I just kept following the calling, kept following the path. Um, you know, I had great mentors. One of my favorite podcasts of all time is the Unslaved podcast hosted by Michael Tessarian and David Whitehead. I think they're two of the greatest truth researchers in the business that really address things from a psychological standpoint. And in listening to that podcast, I listened to one episode in particular called Awakening Somatic Intelligence. And one of the guests was um, Eurasmos, who is now my co-host of, of my podcast. So I reached out to him back then in you know late 2020, and we just clicked on all levels. We started a podcast ourselves, and it became a top 1% podcast worldwide. You know, We started a group coaching program called Rise Above the Herd off the back of that, and a membership community, and uh, you know... Things, things have flourished. I've actually, you know, I've, I've made it and I've built things on my own. And that's really, really, really rewarding. And it, you know, the, the highest path is the path of integrity. And I think when we truly develop the courage to, you know, say no to what we don't want, it's, it's difficult for people to discern what they do want immediately. But everyone knows what they don't want. Everyone knows deep down what they don't want to compromise on. And we can build, when we can build those boundaries firm, Miracles can truly happen. You know, we're going to be pushed in the right direction. We're going to meet the right people. And there are no coincidences in life. So I think when you're, when you're truly a friend to yourself and to your values, you are deeply rewarded. And that's my personal experience too. Um, so that was, that was another rite of passage, you know, your, your income's being threatened. What are you going to do about it? You know, where, 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 where is the lie? And how can I be more true to myself and just, you know, trust life? And I think this is one of the biggest fallacies, again, I see within the community around me is that, you know, many people are in a, they're in a state of distrust with life, you know, and I, I get it. This reality that we found ourselves in is difficult. It's not ideal. Tyranny is taking place all around us. Yes, the government hates you and wants to kill you. That's a true story. Mm-hmm. But the government isn't nature. The government isn't the cosmos. The government isn't the universe. You know, and all these things are simply signposts for you to reclaim your own power, for you to go on a really heroic journey, for you to discover and cultivate the true gifts and values, which are, you know, which which are the bedrock of your existence. Because beyond all of this, beyond this entire conversation, what's the number one conspiracy, right? 
to me, it's who am I? Who am I? What am I doing here in this, in this animated body, right? With these values, with these ideas, with this creativity, with this imagination. And that's been the talk. That's been the thought, which has always, always driven me forward. It's that curiosity. And that's something which I want to explore. I want to know my potential. I want to know what I'm capable of. And, uh, you know, there's going to be challenges, sure thing, but that's life, that's nature. And those things are only pushing us further. Um, you know, they're, they're asking us to climb higher up the mountain. They're asking us to think greater. They're asking us to take more responsibility. And that's, that's what really lights me up. And that's what interests me. And so I think everything that's taken place can be used as a signpost and as a catalyst for people to become so much greater than they ever possibly could have given themselves credit for if none of this took place. I love all of that. And what a fantastic place to uh, pause and mm -hmm. let everyone kind of marinate on, on what Joel just uh, dropped on us there. Um, so we're going to step away, take a short little break. I am Nurse Beth. You are listening to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's time in this You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared. Sea level rise has not been unusual and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan, a plan based on real science that responds to the real world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure. A plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. 
For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com. It's time on the heels of all of that greatness uh, before before break, um, I want to get your um, kind of thoughts and your perspective. I asked or I kind of shared with you what we were seeing here about Australia from the States. What were you guys seeing about us, if anything? Yeah, I mean, like I'm the one that pays much attention to the news. Um, obviously, you get peppered with bits and pieces from social media, you know, through meme culture. It's pretty much how we get our information these days. Um, uh, it's weird because back then, you know, it was the Trump was the president that was in place during that period, you know, and there was still a lot of sentiment back then within the truth community that something big was going to happen, you know, that he was at the helm of some kind of, you know, huge white hat movement. Um so, like, yeah, back back then, with, with, with within me personally, I don't know. I think maybe I was too overwhelmed with what was happening on my home front to really pay that much attention as to what was going on over there. But I mean, personally, in terms of what I see in America, like, this has been intergenerational warfare that's taken place on you guys. Like, the foundation of America, you know, was individual rights that was the first country that was founded on the premise of upholding the individual rights above everything else which is a correct policy you know and many still believe that's the case um then they're under that illusion but you know there's been an intergenerational communist takeover pretty much since the since the 60s 70s if not earlier i really implore people to go watch the testimony of yuri besmanov mm-hmm. when he talks mm-hmm. to g edward griffin about the you know the so the socialization which has been taking place through the schooling systems and it's psychological warfare you know um and it's been the erosion of individual rights for a long time and i think basically the architects of control saw the perfect opportunity to test um how successful that program has been and I think for them, ultimately, it proved to be very successful. They had huge compliance rates all around on all fronts. Um, there wasn't much pushback at all. But, you know, at the same time, I think as a result, their actions were over the top. It was obvious. It was sloppy at times. And I think they planted seeds for even people who never would have woken up otherwise to wake up um, as a result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I see. I see a lot of that. I talk with, um, you know, my friends about that. Sloppy is a good word for it. Like just really miscalculated steps that triggered people to be like, wait, what? Like, like you could literally say that doesn't even make sense. And hopefully after making that statement, you you then apply that to the decisions that you're going to make moving forward. Right. Um, that's interesting. So as far as, um, you know, the things that you've been involved in and the movements that you've been involved in, um, what are kind of your your biggest, I guess, takeaways or maybe the things that impacted you the most, whether that's, um, you know, a speaking engagement or, um, you know, anything else that you had kind of been a part of as this, this kind of truth movement, what has personally impacted you the greatest? And then you've kind of taken that and, and, and used that with what you're doing now. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, 
we, we, we built an entire business pretty much on the back of what took place, you know, through Here for the Truth podcast and its multiple branches. Erasmus and I just started to have conversations about what it means to walk an authentic path. And back then, when because we, we recorded our first episode, we've never met in person. We recorded our first episode. The second time we ever spoke over Zoom, we're just like, you know, let's hit record and see what happens. And we never knew what would happen as a result of recording those episodes. And simply since then, I've had the opportunity to speak to some of, you know, my greatest heroes and mentors and have conversations with human beings, which I never thought I would have in my entire life. You know, G. Edward Griffin, David Icke, Michael Tessarian, David Whitehead, some of these amazing people have been in the forefront for such a long time. And so, you know, I'm a... I'm a huge proponent of hermetic principles. I believe we are nature. I believe we're connected to nature. One of my, you know, the main philosophies which I lead on is this whole concept of as above, so below, as within, so without. You know, the outer reality is a reflection of our internal reality and vice versa. And simply through witnessing my own journey and witnessing through the own growth, um, which has taken place as a result of myself seeking truth and speaking truth and walking an authentic path. What really inspires me is that I see that as a microcosm of what's possible for, you know, for, for the collective and for the world. And there's huge shifts taking place. There's, there's, there's no doubt about that. There was no place for this conversation before, before 2020. There was no audience there. There was no market there even. There was, nothing was there to the, to the degree that there is now. And simply put, a huge snowball effect has taken place, which you know, isn't going to stop. Nothing, no one, people aren't going back to sleep. There's no magic dust someone's going to sprinkle in the air where people are going to fall back asleep and be like, oh, hang on, you know, nothing, nothing really happened. So, you know, I'm just excited for, for, for what's going to unfold now, you know. Um, I'm excited to see the power of the individual at work. I'm excited to see the power of voluntarism, um, uh, you know, at play and new societies and new systems and new markets being built as a result of people who refuse to compromise on what no longer works for them and what isn't true. And that's not going away. So, mm-hmm. you know, for, for anyone listening, step up, get, 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 you know, get, get your hands dirty and get in the game because nothing is hopeless whatsoever about this. There are seeds being planted, which are going to sprout um, and are sprouting and then they're, they're not going to stop growing. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if that answered your question, one of the biggest highlights for me was in November 2021, I performed at the Millions March rally um, against the vaccines. You know, there was hundreds of thousands of people there. And like my growing up, my number one passion was to be a hip hop artist. I wanted to be a rapper. You know, I've had degrees of success in that field. I'm not going to feed a family doing it. I know that now. But to get to perform, you know, songs of truth that I wrote to hundreds of thousands of people, you know, and have that reflected back to me, that was, that was a crazy experience for sure. Mm. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, tell me a little bit, we talked about the podcast, but tell me a little bit about this kind of coaching journey and what that looks like for you now. um, And what that looks like for your clients that kind of take you up on that. Yeah, for sure. So last year, um, Erasmus and I launched the group coaching program, Rise Above the Herd, which is specifically designed for truth seekers. You know, our mission has always been to hand the power back to the individual who's seeking truth. Um, you know, for those who refuse to compromise on integrity. So we basically created eight modules deconditioning people from the things which we think are holding them back the most. And they, some of these programs are ancient. You know, simply, for example, 
altruism you know altruism is something which kills millions of dreams every single day this whole idea that anything i do for someone else makes me good and moral and worthy anything that i do for myself makes me selfish evil corrupt you know but it's like if you if you can't choose to be selfish in this day and age if you can't choose to stand by your values then you're going to get swept away by everyone else's ideas of what is right for you and there's there's so much that goes into this you know the pillars of religion collectivism etc but at the base of tyranny like i just mentioned is that word collectivism which is this whole idea that the group is more important than me and i'm insignificant but you know the group sorry to say is sick they're lost on all fronts how, how can we outsource what is right according to the group and that's what we've been indoctrinated and, tra and, and trained to do since 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 the beginning is let me see what the majority thinks is right and i guess that they, they know better than i do but it's simply not the case so our job really is to empower truth seekers to become who they were born to be you know beyond everything else i believe we're all unique individuals we all have different roles to play we all have unique gifts there's something which you are here to do, which no one else can possibly do. So how can you tap into that and walk that path? We live in the information age. You know, our jobs, the ways we earn money, they don't have to be compartmentalized anymore. You know, there's, there, there's unique openings and unique opportunities which are, which are tied to your specific journey. Like everything that you've been through in your life, all the major transformations, all the biggest obstacles and challenges that you've overcome, they hold gifts, right? They hold gifts for you and for other people. So how can you, you know, how can you, how can you create a life where truly you can say you left nothing behind? Mm. And I think that's what's lost is this whole idea of heroism. You know, where we, we see all these big heroes in the movie and we get our fixes, but how often are we heroes unto ourselves? And being a hero to yourself doesn't have to mean moving a mountain. You know, it simply can mean standing in truth. It can simply mean walking away from a job which you know is eating you up. It can simply mean walking away from a relationship, um, you know, which has been uh, which has been suffocating you for years. And when we do these things, when we make those choices, we open up space in our lives for more truth and for more value to come in. So the first step is always saying no to what doesn't work. You know, that's it's it's the anti vision. And to me, the anti vision is so much more powerful than the vision because we're setting firm boundaries in the ground. So yeah, we've run Rise Above the Herd four times and we've had, you know, incredible transformations. Every single time we've run it, we've just opened up doors for round five. And really there's nothing like this that's specifically designed for the truth seeker who gets to work with coaches who are in integrity, who know what they're experiencing, who know what they're going through, um, and to come out the other side far more empowered and lit up again, re-energized, feeling their life force, feeling value for their life. And there's nothing that's more important than that is your existence. You exist as a human being. You know, if you value your life, then you're going to value the choices that you make. And uh, yeah, one of the key pillars of the course is this whole concept of self-esteem, which I think many people are, are, are disillusioned about as well. Um, and uh, ultimately, self-esteem is the relationship that you have with yourself. And that relationship is cultivated by making choices that are congruent with your values. And uh, at the end of the day, the reputation that you have with yourself affects every single choice that we make in our lives. It affects how, 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 how big we envision, how confident we feel to make, it, to make our reality, how confident we feel to find the right partner, to find the right community, to build a business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
And that's what's sorely lacking in our society. And I think that's what people need more than anything else. So yeah, it's, 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 it's been successful and it's an, it's an honor to give that gift for sure. Through this process and through all of your giving that you are doing, have you ever needed to take a step back and feel like you're maybe giving too much or kind of recharge or fill up your own cup? Have you ever gotten to that space? I think that's where most people are stuck. They're stuck in that place of resentment. Everyone's trying to give from an empty cup or from a half full cup. And, you know, this comes down to, you know, people's scarcity relationship with money and poverty consciousness as well, for sure. But the the, the tenets of capitalism, I think, are actually true. Um, Capitalism on 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 the basic pillar of trading value for value holds tremendous weights. And I think that's something that we need to get back to as well. So, you know, I, I don't feel that because I'm receiving adequately as, as, as a result as well. And that inspires me and that empowers me to want to create more value. That's how we see value in our society is by the creation of value and by the trading of that value. But, you know, we've been conditioned to, to think that we receive value the, by being needy. You know, the, the, the more we can make ourselves unworthy, the more people are going to look down upon us and be like, oh, here, have this, do this. Here's a miracle. Tap you on the shoulder. You know, I'm not interested in that. That's, you know, that's, that, that, that's, that's not the path by any means. So I, the, the, the process for me has been one of strengthening my own character, of strengthening my own resolve, of learning how to, learning new creative means of making money, of supporting my family and doing that without betraying myself. And that's been incredibly rewarding. So in the past, definitely a lot of resentment, a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, you know, um, a lot of programming. But I think, I think the individuation process calls us to take responsibility on all levels. And, you know, that means empowering and being okay, filling your own cup. Ultimately, money is simply an extension of how much you value your life. You know, money, money, money is units of freedom. Money is units of choice. So, is money the root of all evil? No, I, I simply, I simply don't think so. Sure, there's many issues with the monetary system, with the Federal Reserve and fraction reserve banking, etc., etc., etc. But when it comes to reality, we all need money to survive. And simply put, I value my life. So you know, we 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 have to be willing to receive as well. Mm-hmm. And um, with the kiddos, right? Like I always think it's amazing to be a parent at this time, (laughs) very unique things, you know, happening in our world. And we have a a huge responsibility, not that in past generations, it wasn't, it's a different type of, of, of grand responsibility. Um, What's that like for you to, to be a father and um, you know, to, to have this, mindset and to have these eyes that are so wide open and be able to kind of impart this on, onto your children. And I don't know how old your kids are. So, you know, depending on obviously their kind of growth and development and where they are intellectually, they, they pick up on, on different things, of course, but um, you know, how are you approaching that? How are you guys choosing to um, approach schooling and just kind of maybe some of those things that are, that feel more, um, like under the confines, right. Or, or the, the kind of old ways, what do you, what do you guys, what are you guys doing with all of that? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I'm incredibly lucky to be married to a woman who shares my values and, you know, who sees reality through 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 a similar lens that I do and, you know, who sniffs out inauthenticity, you know, probably far greater than I can and has, you know, forced me to correct paths many times as well. Um, my kids are four and two. I've got two daughters, you know. Um, we opted for home births both times, you know, outside of the system. Um, why would I send my child to a system where they're going to have their minds molded by the government for 15,000 plus hours, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm simply never going to do that. But the answer is, is that I don't have all the answers either. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know what the perfect way to educate my child is. That's still something that I'm navigating. There's still, you know, many challenges to overcome to that degree. But when I think of like, you know, building up a human and, and, and raising a human, it's like, what, what's, what's our goal? And ultimately, our goal is to make them fit for life, to make them competent to deal with reality. So, you know, they, they feel empowered and competent to make their own choices and, and to pursue their own values. And so, you know, my, my hope is that in them getting to observe the way, you know, my wife and I lead, lead our lives that that's going to provide them with the pillars and the foundation to lead their own with the with the, with a mindset of freedom and with a mindset of true self-love of honoring their gifts honoring their uniqueness honoring who they are as individuals beyond anything else you know it's simply through not forcing them to you know to to be constrained by any ideology to be free thinkers and to pursue the things that light them up you know the things that excite my daughters i'm sure are going to be different than the things that excite me. But I think my role as a parent is simply to encourage them to pull that thread. You know, if you're curious about something, if you're feeling intuitively inclined about something, go research it, go uncover it because you never know where it might lead you. So yeah, you know, they, they're young. Um, there's no plan to put them in any schools, any kind of schooling system at the moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, honestly, I don't know how it's going to unfold going forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would think, I mean, I would think maybe some of that uncertainty is kind of exciting, right? That maybe the unknown is like, oh, we're literally just going to take this kind of day by day and step by step and let it unfold how it's going to unfold. Um, you know, maybe, maybe some of that is exciting, but yeah, they're, they're still young. They're great ages Four and two are incredible ages. That's so fun. Yeah. Um, how do you kind of see Australia right now? What is, what's the vibe? What's kind of happening there? Things feel a little bit looser, maybe some more people kind of waking up. What's the tone? Oh, yeah. Um, since February 2022, pretty much they let, they let go of the reins on all fronts. You know, there was massive breathing room. They dropped all the mandates. They dropped, you know, pretty much lockdowns ended before that. But right now, the vibe in Australia is, you know, it's I'm in Mexico now. I've been here for 12, 13 days. Uh, I left Australia. Um, but the vibe is kind of like as if nothing ever happened, you know, particularly in in, in Sydney anyway, um, which, you know, I think is a kind of dangerous reality. Um, you know, it's a testament to how quickly people forget. But, yeah, things are pretty much open and free in, in, in Australia right now. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, it's like amnesia for abuse, I guess, right? Like, you, yeah, well, no one wants I, to I would, the trauma. 
Yeah. And it was, it was a huge trauma event. It was hugely traumatizing, but you know, we live in an age of repression where no one wants to feel, feel anything. We want to live in a one seasoned world. We want to close our eyes to any kind of, you know, negativity whatsoever, but the darkness is part of reality. Like no one can escape that. And it's only by our willingness to tap into our darkness, to tap into our shadows, to acknowledge all the lies within ourselves that we're ever going to, you know, be able to have that balance and step into the light as well. And, you know, keep both feet on the ground. There's so much power and so much life force tied up in the darkness about ourselves that we're not willing to see. And that was one of the major turning points in my life was facing my own shadow. You know, I had to, I went through a period where I would put myself through hell, like walking through fire, having very, very difficult conversations about, you know, things I did in my past, you know, diff- different white lies, which I sowed different ways in which I was inauthentic and inauthentic in which I betrayed myself. And it was through that process that I was able to reclaim my power, you know, and uh, that's why, that's why I now have a tolerance of zero, tole- zero, zero tolerance for the lie. You know, that, that's, that's my policy um, because I recognize deeply that if I compromise the truth on any level, all I'm doing is holding myself back um, from my ability to be fit for life and to receive from life. Any, um, I mean, you mentioned that you're in Mexico. What does that feel like? Is it totally different? I mean, had you vacationed in Mexico before? Had you experienced anything like that? Yeah, we, we visited here in 2016 and we okay. loved it. We were on the Caribbean side back then. We're on the Pacific now. You know, with or without the tyranny that took place, if I was to develop, if I was to build an online business and develop the location freedom, which we have now, we probably would have done this anyway. It's not, it's not like I'm running away from Australia. It's simply a result of the choices which we now have available to us as a result of the, you know, the, the decisions we've made. Being here has been a massive culture shock. It's very, very different. You know, mm-hmm. um, there, there's no doubt about that. The, the language barrier, um, just to discovering like where to get all our resources, all our supplies, where's the organic meat, fruit, veggies, etc. But you know, it's been good to navigate that as a family and, you know, to, to all be on the same page and try to work that out from the ground up. Um, it was uh, it was difficult early on. You know, it's, it's still early days. I'm only two and a half, three weeks into it. But now we're starting to settle. We're starting to find our way. Um, I was reading the other day, it's, I think it's only like 40 or 50% of the Mexican population that even have bank accounts. So... Mm-hmm globalism and like social credit system has a long way to go here. You know, there's no doubt about that. So I definitely think at least, you know, for a decent period of time, it can be a bit of a bastion um, for, for those who are seeking some reprieve from potential tyranny. You mentioned Australia before, like even though things have appeased there for the meantime, there's no doubt, like particularly with me intuitively, I sense that things could change at any, any given time. There's, you know, obviously the things on the climate side of things are ramping up. And I know what that government is capable of. You know, I've seen it firsthand and I'm not interested in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, here in the States as well, same, same types of, um, you know, yeah. talks and comments and now environmental things happening with, you know, trains, planes, and automobiles and, you know, whether they're flipping the script a little bit because people are kind of, not buying into all of the climate things. So, you know, if they, if they have to adjust things to steer, still continue to kind of just propagate the fear and just push, push the narrative, but maybe in like a little bit different way. 
Yeah, there's there's crazy weather patterns happening in New Zealand at the moment. You know, about a month ago they had a they grounded all the planes because of the climate. So you know, there's already kind of um, some sniffs of what could be taking place. But yeah, you know, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, I think they copped it the worst, and then maybe you guys after that. So you know, it's good just to be aware of when this thing rolls around again. You know, where it could be most prominent. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. So. I will put, I'm going to put in the show notes, um, all of like your info and, you know, obviously your, your, your podcast and your, and your business, things like that. But, um, just as we kind of wind down here, you mentioned that your business was opening up for its fifth, the, the fifth opportunity. So talk about the details about that. Is that an in-person? Is it an online? Is it a, you know, just give me all the information. Yeah, so it's called the group coaching program is called Rise Above the Herd. It's an eight-week program. You can find out everything you need to know at riseabovetherd.co. And basically, you know, it's you'll be required to watch one module per week. It's 45 to 60 minutes. Um, and then there's a live group coaching call each week with Erasmus and I as well, which is 75 minutes, where this is the chance we get to coach you personally on the modules. Each round we take strictly 12 people no more than that it's a very very intimate group coaching setting everyone gets personal coaching it's a tight-knit group tight-knit community you get membership to a private telegram community just with the 12 students and Erasmus and i and we're there available to answer your questions 24 7 and for the first time ever in this round we've actually introduced a third member of the coaching staff uh, dr sophie fletcher who's an expert on healing the nervous system nervous system regulation somatic intelligence and she's going to be offering four live calls for our students as well every second week to just help them integrate everything that's being learned because it, it can become so heady, this knowledge. I think one of the most important things is to ground and to really embody and feel on a somatic level um, what, what you need to as well. So, yeah, but if people are interested, they can head to riseaboveTheHerd.co. Pretty much all our testimonials and all the info is there and they can apply um, to be one of the 12 for this round. Very cool. Hmm. And what's what's next for for Joel and his family? I mean, um, what what what? I know I know nothing's stopping you. Nothing's holding you back. So yeah. what uh, what are your kind of uh, big goals, big dreams, things that you want to accomplish and in in the future and in this new location, this physical space that you're in? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good question. It's not one that I've given much much thought to. You know, I was kind of putting one foot in front of the other at the moment. Erasmus and I are going to meet for the first time in April. You know, we built this podcast. It was pretty much spoken to this guy every day of my life for the last two years. We've never met in person. So I mean, Where's he he's, located? He's Where's in LA. That? He's in LA. Oh, okay. Okay. In, in, in Topanga Canyon. So I'm looking forward to, to meeting with him and connecting with him in person, you know, in, to some in-person events, some speaking opportunities, and just take things to the next level and see what's possible, you know. Our focus is the podcast. We want to keep growing that, keep having the most incredible conversations. Um, and I'm open to whatever. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm open to life. I'm ready for it. And, uh, you know, there's that. I'm just so incredibly grateful for everything that took place, you know, despite how hard it was, despite how difficult it was, despite the degree of tyranny. I would not be the man that I am today if I didn't go through that rite of passage of having to navigate that. So, you know, I feel in alignment. I feel in congruence. I feel strong in my relationships. Um, I feel I've got, I feel as though, you know, I've got a great business, 
where, you know, I'm not compromising who I am. I'm not reporting to anyone. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's amazing. I love all of it. Um, this has been an absolute pleasure. What an honor to have you on. I, you know, get to kind of watch you from afar and it's really fun and it's really inspiring. And I think the, the openness and the vulnerability is great for people to hear and to kind of tap in and trust themselves and to really, I mean, ultimately look at a, a, pretty bad situation, right? We were in, we were in a real bad situation and that something incredible can always come out of that situation. I mean, not to make it cliche, but it, it really is how you're going to make it. Are you going to kind of wallow in the sorrow and be a victim or are you going to kind of rise above and, and go out and whether that be create new things or, you know, charter a new path, Um, but I think that we need to just continue to talk about it and encourage people and to be examples of people that have done it because it's always, I think human nature is to look and say, oh, well, if they could do it, then I probably could as well, which is, you know, the best way to kind of inspire, um, and encourage others is is by, you know, walking the walk. So any, any, anything is possible. You know, I got to a point in 2020 where, you know, I was ready to succumb to a life of complete inauthenticity. You know, I got my forklift license in 2020 and I was Mm. like, that's, that, that's, you know, this is a complete 180 has taken place in my reality because of certain choices that I've made. And I think Carl Jung said, no tree can grow to heaven unless it has roots in hell, you know? So Mm -hmm. don't be afraid of growing those roots. Don't be afraid of the darkness. Don't be afraid, you know, like, the, the comfort and the convenience that you saw pre 2020 was all fake anyway. It was just an illusion. So, you know, find gratitude in being able to see clearly now and just figure out what you want and put one foot in front of the other. Absolutely. I love it. Well, with that, uh, friends, that is all the time that we have for today. But remember, we are here on the air five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern with a different nurse host daily. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses. As we walk you through all of these hot topics, we will empower you with information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and this is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Beth, and you can find me here every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.com your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share these stories, the articles, the podcasts and videos so we can help secure America's future. Until next time, be safe, be well and God bless. Join us weekdays with a different nurse host daily where no topic is off limits as we shine our lights and expose the darkness. It's time